0: Welcome to the June edition of a particularly interesting yet now completely sharp relief edition of a manga review here on the much more relaxed place known as Up on the Lookout. Now, for those of you who don't know, Up on the Lookout is a Dragon Ball podcast with a difference. Here, we'd like to take a more relaxed approach towards this medium of anime and provide our own thoughts about this particular entry that is now in very stark contrast to a movie that came out recently and we talked about in a previous edition of our podcast. But to discuss the latest chapter of Dragon Ball Super's manga with me is my trusty sidekick, Kavarok.
1: Hello, I'm Haverok and I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want, and what I really, really want is my boy Granola back in his own chapter. <laughs> I thought you were going to
0: say Ziggazigar, but okay, all right, that'll work too. But yeah, I'm Master from Team Four Star, you know me as Goku, as well as Gohan. But in any case, we're here to talk about the manga. And if you are interested in collecting Dragon Ball podcasts around, do give us a cheeky follow-up wherever you're listening to podcasts. It really does help us out and get our message out there. And the message that we have about this chapter is that I sped-read this, honestly.
1: Yeah, like, it's it's not a bad chapter, but at this point, it's dragging. We should go to that point three chapters ago. Like, like a lot of stuff in this in in this arc in the later part of this arc is so redundant it's like it's it's a it's a back and forth and it's not not a really creative back and forth sadly
0: no unfortunately not and i i talked about this in my main review in fact in my main review i usually spend a few minutes recapping the episode or chapter and i really didn't feel like it i was like really it's mostly just a fight and Sure, there were moments in it, and we'll talk about it later, about yeah, some of the things we saw were really cool and it was quite intense. But in short, I could I could just boil down what happened in 20 seconds. Essentially, Vegeta powers up and fumbles. Goku then finds his own pick-and-mix variety of Ultra Instinct. Elec tells Gas to snap out of it, that whatever he's doing gets old, and he gets old, and th- that's it. What would have been a better way of going about this? Instead of having... The second half of 82 to the final third of 84, what we got, we could have just had Goku stalls Gas, gets back, they got a few minutes to be able to try and heal up and figure out a plan. They can't really figure out one unless Monaito talks briefly about Bardock, but then Gas shows up, and he then realises Goku, just he mimics innately mannerisms of Bardock, and this unsettles Gas, and throughout that entire battle, Goku mimics the same attacks that Bardock did without even knowing and it unsettles Gas and it's like uh, why is Gas getting so you know worked up and then Monaito like of course it's my my absolute idol
1: Bardock he's channeling himself through his boy but we needed two chapters for Bardock Masako
0: <laughs> I know I know but it, this would have been a much more hype way of doing it in my opinion and it would have cut out two chapters, but it's. I think it's our firm belief that because of Superhero's delay, I imagine that Toyotaro was instructed, hey, do you think you could extend the story a little bit, like a couple of months? Because if this manga saga ends when Superhero comes out, it might steal the thunder. It, it wouldn't steal the thunder, honestly, but you know, it, I think that was a concern that the people of the Dragon Room, that's the room of Shueisha, where they come up about dragon ball's future outside of toriyama so it's like a contingency plan should toriyama keel over one day or not want to do dragon ball at all and retire properly it means that there is a place in Shueisha
1: that can carry the story on we are not 100 percent with this it's it's one of the options that we think about because honestly like uh we don't want to defend toyotaro too much because he had some pacing issues in the past uh, tournament of power <clears throat> I think still the Moro saga is his best paced saga. And this is something that, you know, a lot of people, like including totally Not Mark, said that the way the manga is delivered, all that stuff that happens can be like mostly cool. But at the at the point when you get to them, like you see those things kinda coming, mostly, and you are exhausted to the point that you lose interest it, it's a shame because i'm pretty sure like when we will really reread the whole thing like some stuff will land better i liked Moro saga I, I i had some exhaustion at the end but by the, by the time i've reread the whole thing i was like okay d- d- there were some uh, nice build-ups that i didn't give credit for and it kind of rhymes better because like some details evade you but like with those longer chapters i feel that you know that whole fight with gas and i like gas starts to look like you know the original fight with frieza in anime like those famous five minutes i realized something we
0: first saw granola in chapter 67 right or in 68 we're on 85 right now so that's like 18 months like i know that the moro saga was like 18 chapters like It went from 48 to 67, roughly, so that's like 19 chapters. We're almost getting to the point where this saga's longer than Moro, and a lot more happened in Moro, and I'm feeling like the stakes aren't as high, although you think they are. There are a couple of interesting things in this chapter, but it does feel like Toyotaro was forced to extend this story longer than he probably had originally intended. And... We were talking about this just before we recorded, but I have brought up a really good point that Toriyama had been working on superhero in the story around about the time when Moro's saga was wrapping up in the manga. So maybe Toyotaro had a lot more autonomy with Granola. Like he still probably had his bullet points from Toriyama but probably he had little oversight since Toriyama was busy developing superhero. They won't be
1: honest with us, obviously, in Japan. Of course they won't.
0: I feel like maybe Toriyama had less
1: opinions about this story. Also, not for nothing, but, like, the whole Bardock obsession. Like, we know that Toyotaro wanted more Bardock. On the other hand, like, we have some proofs that Toriyama also has certain fondness for Bardock. And, like, as we've shown in our discussion... Like the the franchise loves to <laughs> remind us about Bardock every every four years, so yeah. almost like uh, Monito as the Bardock hype, man is kind of meant to represent them. Stuff that I like, I really like the design of uh, of what's happening to Gas, like Gas being basically, he kind of starts to look like a leech, like being. You know, it's it, it it's it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this uh we will talk I think we'll talk about this because this is probably the most intriguing part of it and the stuff that makes the most sense in that the thing about this is that maybe what Elec did that differed from Granola's wish. Granola just flat out asked to be the strongest in the universe. And Torombo said, Oh, okay, it'll cost you, and then Granola's, okay, fine, whatever. He didn't think about having extra stages. Elec probably had something in the condition or Whatever he agreed to was that if gas tapped into that particular power, he could summon more power at the cost of reducing his lifespan even more. So he probably had a lot more modularity or flexibility to adapt his power to any potential threat. So elect could say, oh, well, if another person comes around that claims to be the strongest in the universe, gas can just catch up and be even stronger but it'll make him age quicker. But quite clearly, and this confirms our theory, that really, Elect views gas and by proxy, his other siblings, as tools. Like, he has no fondness for them at all. So long as they're useful to him, that's all he cares about. And it's a shame, really, because I really liked Elec at the beginning of the story. I mean, granted, we knew that he was going to end up being one of the big bads, but he genuinely had a... Seemingly at the time, a fondness for his family, like he genuinely cared about them. Now we find out that was
1: all a lie. I mean, he was playing uh, playing with w- 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 like he was, you know, being a devil on Gaza's shoulder from from far back. I I I I still I still like him as being, you know, that ruthless, you know, person that uses his own family. He 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 spread a uh, pretty obviously evil. That makes the rest of the hitter pretty, hitters pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll that, give you that. That is very true. It's just I think I was just a bit more crestfallen about the fact that Elect just doesn't really have any nobility to him at all. I, I hope that there was at least some, but hopefully this could have, this could be the thing that Havrok and I have wanted to see for a long time. Oil and Marquis subtly twigging, wait a minute, Elec just do this to us and we might... Be expendable, and we don't want to be expendable. You're you're treating Gash too harshly, and the fact is, though, Elect's just now saying, "No, no, Gash is going to die. Gash has no other use. This is his only thing now. He's now, interestingly, even after all of this, Elect's main goal is to still take down Freezer. And the thing that makes me think that it could happen is that throughout the last couple of sagas, Freezer's actively noped his way out of the story. But now that Gas can, in theory, use instant teleportation on other people, could he summon Frieza? Like, just find Freezer and then summon him there to try and take him out. And then Frieza's just like, uh, I'm "Sorry, am what, sorry, what, what's going on here? What? What? Oh, it's you. That's a theory I think could happen with this new version of his power. He could do that prior to him becoming wizened and old. Now he's that strong. He could, in theory, just bring Frieza to the battlefield himself, and then Frieza's completely defenseless. Or this is where he can summon up a new power that he's been working
1: on. There are so many characters now uh, deserving of killing Alec, because I feel that Granola, Oil, and Maki, and Frieza all are pretty good candidates to of Alec in this saga.
0: Yeah, because... Elek's not the strongest. He can be taken out with a decent amount of power. Like, even Goku and Vegeta, I don't want them to take him out because, you know, he's an easy kill. It needs to be somebody like Granola to be symbolically the one to do it.
1: I- I'm the camp that
0: one of the coolest ways of how he could die would be like Maki shooting him in the back. She just sees him going mad with desperation and just realizes this is just going to get out of control. This is just, we're going to we- we'll lo- lose our heads entirely. Like, we're going to lose everything like if he puts all his eggs in one basket and then people find out that all oh, the heaters have lost their ace from the hole in the form of gas and Alex gone crazy it could
1: destabilize everything if like Maki uh, and oil survive like Maki is will be the, the the new one the new leader essentially
0: yeah 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 cuz i mean it's quite clear that gas is not going to make it out of this battle he's not going to he's probably got days Like, he's probably at the point where he is wizened, he's probably reached the end of his natural lifespan, and either Goku and Vegeta or Granola, they have to fight Gas at this form, or it's going to get to that point where Gas just dies. Like, he just dies, he's become too strong, and Alet goes, oh no. Like, he just realized what he
1: did. Or alternatively, it's, you know, it's... Not age per se, but like he drains his own life energy to be stronger. I mean, the coolest way—like I don't think they will do it—but the coolest way would be to for Granola to calm Gus down to be like, "You don't have to do this. We've both been played." That would be—I f- I don't think they will do it. This. this is this is this is what I would like to see because again, the most consistent trade of granola through that saga granola doesn't kill so so in my opinion like it would be pretty poetic if granola actually saved gas i think i think it's too late for gas now because
0: elect said there won't be a next time but i w- i wouldn't be surprised if elect didn't expect gas to get that strong like sure He tried to, like, psych gas up into getting back into the battle, but I don't expect he was anticipating him to use that much power. Like, he's probably just going, because he realized, he turns around and goes, he's shocked. He's like, oh, okay. There are two things that I want to discuss before we wrap things up, because this is a really good point. First of all, I want to discuss Goku. So, Goku can now essentially mix and match Ultra Instinct. Granted, I do prefer Ultra Instinct Sign or Omen, as the base, because that's the most intimidating looking. Master Ultra Instinct it's never really sat well with me. It's like it's fine, okay, fair, but Sign just looked more imposing when we first saw it.
1: It was like that. That's the perfect look. And I think uh, I, I think they realised that as
0: well. I think so. And the thing is that I think Goku's worked it out for himself, as he says in the manga chapter that. Yeah, sure. Mastered Ultra Instinct is in theory stronger, but it doesn't really work for me right now. Like at the moment, I've been through a lot today. I've been through a lot today and I can't hack it. So he's just going, well, this works for me. I can pick and choose other things from different powers. I'm just going to use this as a base form because I know how to make this work. So yeah, he's doing that. And it didn't help with the gas that Goku was acting like Bardock, and sure enough, what they were talking about in the previous chapter and the one before that was that Gas was nettled and unsettled by Bardock because he was strong. And that's happening exactly the same way with Goku. So Gas is being destabilised, he chucks everything at Goku, doesn't work, and sure, he's really, really strong Gas at this point, but he he doesn't have the mental fortitude to be able to handle
1: something that is getting in his way. I'm sorry, I just realised something. Like, in this chapter, Alec is basically pumping up the gas.
0: Oh, he's stepping on the gas. Yeah.
1: (sighs) Oh, The probable
0: showrunners of this manga realise that Omen is probably quite cool, and they want to see more of it. I saw some people were really complaining that, oh, Goku's just come up with his own version of Ultra Instinct. Well, it's not really that much of a surprise, because throughout the entire fight with Granola, or even, Goku showed that he can use elements of Ultra Instinct in different transformation states, like in Super Saiyan Blue or regular Super Saiyan, or even in base. That's what Whis was teaching him. Like, Ultra Instinct isn't a technique or solid transformation. It's a way of fighting. It's a style that you can adapt to whatever situation you're in. So it's just calling upon elements of it whenever you need to. So I think that's what Whis was trying to explain. And I think we, uh, Goku gets it now. Like, he doesn't have to transform all the way. He can just pick and choose what's required. So, okay, I get that.
1: In a way, it is shown that those divine powers have different uh, routes to them. If you consider God of Destruction Topo and uh, Ultra Ego Vegeta, two paths to the same Go. These are similar powers, but they are not identical. I, I, I would even tell about more powers like the, uh, godly powers related to different, you know, godly stuff, but that would be spoiler for the movie. What we've seen in Super so far is that there isn't one way to a certain point of uh, godly power. Like, look at, look at Zamasu and his whole shtick in Goku's body. Like, he invents new forms. Yeah, he does. Rosé. Those powerful forms, like, are meant to be slightly personalized, like Golden Frieza. Like, it is it, it, it is implied that he chose that color.
0: Yeah, he did. I, I, I've I always believed that he chose that color to mock Super Saiyan.
1: There are elements that I really like here. I feel the biggest problem that the saga ha- has is that they decided to... uh. To drag this battle in that one place on Serial for so long that Moro at least had some tr- space traveling, had more space adventures to kind of, you know, help the pacing. I think
0: we've been on this planet since chapter 72. So that's like over a year. And you just feel like, oh my god, what is going on here? Another thing I want to say, what's going on here is Ultra Ego. Like, I, in my mind now, because of its lack of effectiveness, I'm. Putting it in the
1: same category as Super Saiyan 3, like, it looks cool, doesn't really do much. It's not even that. To me, it's like the original Golden Frieza right now. That's ironic, because Golden Frieza's flaw was exacerbated by
0: Vegeta using Super Saiyan Blue. I mean, Goku saw it, but Vegeta
1: pounded on Frieza because of it. And now the same is happening to Vegeta. Remember, Goku has mastered... His ultra instinct, uh, Vegeta hasn't mastered Ultra Ego. This is his first, like this is his equivalent of uh, Goku's fight with Jiren in Ultra Instinct. That is a fair point, yeah. But I feel like I think what
0: would have been really cool is if, sure, if he was gonna have to tap out or realize that he had reached his limit, he should have at least been able to have taken out one of Gas's horns, and then Goku could have taken out the other. Oh, one. obviously, Vegeta realized he was actually getting somewhere with this power. And then Goku goes to finish it off. And it's a symbolic means of castration. As in like, yeah, we've nullified you gas. And even Goku's trying to show mercy. It's like, hey, if you just wanted to fight and your main beef isn't with us, we can we can do it another time.
1: You can do it later. They're they're sort of going like well, if you want to take out Frieza, yeah. you can, yeah. you know. We won't stand in your way, so you're absolutely right. And again, like, like, the trope of Vegeta losing all the time is getting tiring in the manga, like... Yeah, superheroes really exacerbating the fact that the Dragon
0: Room and the people who are in charge of the anime don't mind trying new things. They're, not, they're really trying to push the boat out with, like, Gohan figuring out a balance... Piccolo being pushed right back up onto the podium spot in terms of power.
1: We don't mention Goku and Vegeta. Th- there wasn't a lot with them, but they did something important with those characters in th- those like short eight minutes. That's not a huge spoiler that they don't show.
0: No, not not really. It's
1: quite. It's implied. It is a Gohan and Piccolo movie. A lot of stuff is like pushed in in, in the animation. Why manga is so aff- like? Is it something that? Toyotaro is instructed to do? Is it something that he wants to do? We don't know. We don't know how it works. And uh, a lot of problems are obviously on him. But on the the other hand, like uh, some of the stuff I'm sure uh, is connected to the framework he has to work in. I feel
0: like that there are some limitations that Toyotaro has to stick within. He's gotten this plum of being essentially the successor to Toriyama. As in, like, being the person in charge of the Dragon Ball manga. And that's a lot of pressure. But you feel like after five, six, no, seven years of doing this, of doing the manga, he would have been able to at least have had some responsibility handed his way. And if he does, oh boy. Maybe you feel like Dragon Lee might have been a better fit for this. Like, Dragon Lee, he's the guy who's done the case of being reincarnated as Yamcha. I feel like maybe he might have been a better choice because he got the manga style down well and people liked it. But then again, we will never know probably because that was just a one-time three-chapter short story.
1: That, that, that's very different to a, a long-time serial. I do, I do wonder. I do wonder what will happen next. I do wonder if they want to go to superhero, past superhero, uh, before superhero...
0: You know and another thing potentially is that maybe granola sacrifices himself to stop gas and maybe that could easily truncate everything in so that means granola's never spoken of again in any other chapter after that or any other saga. so it just kind of like puts him in within that self-contained saga and that's it. I, I hope not. I think that's enough to talk about chapter 85. Not much essentially happened, but what did happen sort of progressed things if you if you shorten it down or abridge it then you you kind of see some stuff happening but it was really dragged out okay hey, at least this one
1: it didn't make us angry
0: no it, no that's true it's a bit like uh, okay it's fine it's a fine chapter but not a lot of stuff happens yeah, we expected but as you say
1: happened. we expected it wasn't terrible. to happen but it but like it's like oh yeah this should happen hmm. No,
0: you're right you're right i think that wraps everything up for today once again have thank you so much for joining me
1: thank you always a pleasure
0: and thank you all out there for joining us today if you liked what you heard do leave us a follow on your podcasting platform of choice it really helps us out and we shall see you again very soon for future episodes of up on the lookout as well as many other things on this podcast stream hope you're all doing well and we shall see you again soon ta-da bye